The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal. From the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. Welcome to Engaging Truth. This is Dave Schultz, your host for this particular program. The guest I have is um, the associate pastor uh, of St. John in Cyprus, St. John Lutheran in Cyprus. His name is Pastor Jeff Doria, and he comes in uh, not feeling so well, but uh, he's smiling well, so that means that he's on his way to answer all the good questions. One question that I have, Brother um, brother Jeff, you are not only pastor at, uh, the associate pastor at St. John, but you're also chair of a circuit. Is that correct? Uh, that is... What is, first of all, a circuit, and what does it, as a leader of that circuit, mean? Well, uh, thank you, Pastor Schultz, for having me here. And, um, um, yeah, what a circuit. Well, uh, our district, our Lutheran church, is Missouri Synod, is divided up into different districts, and we're part of the Texas district. And within those districts, um, each district is divided up in areas, and so there's four areas in the Texas district, and then each of those areas are divided up into circuits. And so we are uh, a certain circuit. Uh, we're number 38, and uh, and so that ranges from our Jersey Village through Cyprus down to Katy. And uh, there's about 10 congregations, a couple mission plants, and uh, um, and and what I do is I am basically. Uh, like an extension from the Texas district, uh, President Newman's office. I'm kind of an extension um, and kind of a liaison for our circuit, the congregations here on the ground and with the district office. So I don't have any kind of, it's not like a power kind of thing. I don't have anything like that, but um, I'm certainly a liaison and uh, uh, communicate a lot of information that comes out of the district and try to be of encouragement here to the guys. My understanding is that you've been in ministry for 21 years, correct? Where have you been in those 21 years in ministry? Oh, goodness. It started off in Corpus Christi. My first call was at Trinity down in Corpus Christi off of Louisiana Parkway. Great congregation there. I was only there for about a year and a half um, and then went to San Antonio to uh, King of Kings, which is on the northeast side of town there was there for about 13 years and after that have been here at St. John for the last uh, six and a half years. So. Who or what brought you into ministry 21 years ago? Uh, that would be a God thing. Um, I was married and had a couple kids and uh, working in the church doing youth ministry and that was I guess started in the early 90s I was working for Hope Lutheran Church in Friendswood, Texas, with Ralph Hobrochk, and uh, uh, was great. It was a good ministry there, and uh, great time there. Um, after about five and a half years, God put on the heart put on my heart to go to the seminary, and quite frankly, that was not something I ever wanted to do. It was not any plan of mine. I don't have any family members uh, that are pastors, and and so 
Um, but God really put it on my heart to go. And so Maggie and I and, and the kids, we packed it up and went to St. Louis and started a, a whole new journey. Um, so that was, yeah, that was late nineties and then, uh, graduated in 2001, um, spring of 2001. And we know what happened that fall, September, that was, uh, September 11th happened. So that's kind of a marking of my first year was, um, engaging in a culture and a world with, uh, after September 11th. So. There are a lot of significant things that happen in ministry during those years and my years and Pastor Bond's years. What would you say would be the most significant thing that never goes away that you think about um, of all the significant things in ministry? Well, uh, I guess the on a spiritual level, I think the most significant thing is dealing with people's eternity. And when I deal with whether it be youth ministry or senior adults or people who are, you know, have a lot of wealth and those who hardly have anything. Um, the one thing we all have in common is that there is, there is a life after this life that God has prepared for us. And so I, uh, I deal with those issues of eternity and that's the most significant thing. Um, that never changes no matter who I'm dealing with. Um, I would say as far as a, a not, necessarily spiritual thing but just something that's changing right now or not changing is the never-ending um, development of technology uh, that we're dealing with in our culture and so that's something that is a constant uh, it's a constant in our life today uh, it certainly changes uh, but that is certainly a constant that people are dealing with and again whether it's young or old uh, people are always dealing with that. So on one hand, I deal a lot with eternity issues, always doing that, but I also do it in a setting where uh, technology is constantly changing. So it makes it quite interesting. Well, it's, um, it's wonderful that we have in our midst a, a lot of young people for whom technology is just normal uh, activity. Uh, but for us older folks, it's uh, way on the back burner. I mean, on the way, way back, back burner. Uh, and so I can enjoy when I hear young people talk about technology. They get it. <laughs> I don't have to. Um, let me just go back to some of the things that uh, you suggested. What are some of the, or describe some of the aspects of ministry that you truly enjoy? Oh, aspects of ministry. Well, you know, I enjoy all different aspects. Um, I don't have any one certain focus uh, that I enjoy and want to be a part of. I enjoy uh, um, the big picture of pastoral ministry. So from cradle to the grave kind of thing. Um, I enjoy being with people in their high points of life, on birth, uh, baptisms, things like that. Uh, confirmation. I enjoy being with uh, people uh, during the struggles of life, such as, you know, putting a loved one on hospice and uh, during those last days or weeks or even months, if it drags out a long time, um, you know, just doing funerals for people. Though all, all those are, uh, I enjoy it. Not necessarily they're all fun. Certainly doing those kind of grieving situations are not fun, but I enjoy it because they're purposeful. And I know God has called me into the ministry uh, for that kind of purpose. And so I enjoy being, I enjoy my ministry being purposeful and being used that way. Um, overall, I enjoy seeing God's 
you know, people, God's people grow and uh, the growth individually, growth in families. I enjoy seeing generations develop. Uh, in fact, one person who I, uh, uh, who's a member of the church I'm currently at here at St. John, uh, was a young lady when I was teaching confirmation back at Hope in Friendswood uh, 25-ish years ago, 30 years ago. She was in one of my confirmation classes long before I was a pastor. And uh, and so now I see her here at St. John, and she's got a couple kids married, and and, uh, and it's just neat to see the, the family continue and that spiritual life continue to develop. So those are things I enjoy seeing. I read someplace, and I don't know exactly where it was, that uh, pastors are leaving the Christian ministry at about 1,500 pastors a month in America. What in the world is keeping you here with us? I go back to that being purposeful and intentional in ministry, that I know that there is uh, um, the reality of God and his truth and the love that's found in Jesus Christ and uh, a savior from our sins, the hope of the eternal life. That is what drives me to keep going. And so um, that's not going to change. And so I know that those are, uh, you know, that key foundation is what keeps me going. And uh, yeah, there's plenty of reasons where, you know, there's been times where I get real frustrated. I've never, I've never thought about truly hanging up my hat. Although I, I joke around with people um, I'm, I'm certified to teach K through 12 uh, as an arts educator. I can teach in kindergarten or in high school. I can be a teacher, and I've got my certification. Um, and so I joke about that being my fallback plan, you know, and just in case this preaching gig doesn't work out. So, um, so that's kind of my joke with people. But, but realistically, I, I see myself being uh, serving in this pastoral role until the day the Lord calls me home. And uh, but it's all about the being purposeful. What in ministry is difficult to enjoy? Oh, uh, I, I hate, it really bothers me to see the brokenness in people's life. And whether it be, uh, you know, I mentioned a little earlier, like grieving with people. Um, I don't enjoy that um, as far as uh, finding strength or anything, it, it can wear me out. Like I would assume it wears out anybody, especially when it's your friends. And uh, and it happens so often. As a pastor, you're dealing with lots of different families that are going through it. And so sometimes you're moving on from one family that grieves to another one that's grieving to another one that's grieving. And, and so it wears on you. And it wears on me. Um you know, so that's that's a, that's a struggle. Uh, I just got a phone call yesterday from a good old friend, uh, friend from I've had friendship with this lady for the last twenty years probably, and uh, she was telling me how she witnessed the brokenness on the streets with some poverty and some people living on with drugs and poverty and homelessness, and so we were sharing the encounter there, and she was really broken and really touched uh, how how God was helping her see a bigger picture of life and the struggles that people have. And so, you know, whenever you deal with things like that, that's just, that's, it's not enjoyable. You know, I don't enjoy seeing the brokenness in people's life. And, uh, but I know we have a God who meets us in our time of need. And, and so that is where I find my hope and strength. 
You've already discussed a little bit about technology and how that is changing so many things. Um, what are some of the significant changes that you have witnessed uh, throughout your 21 years in ministry? Oh, throughout 21, you know, when it first when I first started in ministry, you know, the communication device that we had, pagers. <laughs> you know, and and guys, I remember talking about, oh, that's a that's a cool pager. You know, the size of the pager and the kind of belt clip that it had. And and there was, you know, all that kind of promotion of, of oh, that's really cool. You got a pager that lights up. Oh, it vibrates, too. And and uh, all these different kind of things. And so um, that's how it was when I first began. And uh, a PC was, I mean, there were no laptops. That was not invented yet. And But PCs were just coming on board as far as people starting to have them in the home. You know, you might find one PC in a home. And uh, and so you had things like that were starting to develop. And I remember when Windows, the very first Windows thing came out, and uh, we were using DOS at the church. And, and then all of a sudden this thing came out called Windows where you clicked and you dropped and you dragged. And and then uh, this this World Wide Web thing came online, and uh, so that was crazy. And people talked about how you would shop, and buy shoes and clothes, and we just laughed at such a thing because we're like, who would want to, who would want to buy clothes and shoes uh, online when you can't try it on, you know? And so that that kind of that kind of attitude that we all had at at first, uh, my gosh, we look at it now, we're like, you know. Things certainly have changed, and uh, and that's where we're at still. I mean, uh, you know, that's that's kind of how it was back then, but now we're we're moving into a whole new new era, and that technology continues to to grow. I mean, we're moving into metaverse stuff, and we've already done the web one, you know, web two. Now we're looking at web three and blockchain and cryptocurrency and things like that. So, uh, that's have you seen any changes in people? Um, I mean, sin is sin, brokenness is brokenness, but have you seen that in your years in ministry? Oh, I think um, in our culture, sure, and even in our church, um, the church in general, um, the, the glorification of immorality is what I call it. But uh, there's a lot of a lot of people that um, no longer call sin, sin. And I think the most obvious is, uh, at least in the in the groups that I connect with, my teaching at Concordia University, Texas, uh, we I do a Christian ethics class, and a lot of conversations come up with identity, sexual identity, uh, expression on that, uh, the LGBTQ community, things of that nature, the politics and all that. So uh, there are churches, even Lutheran churches, that are very much embracing a lot of things that we as a Lutheran church, Missouri Synod, don't embrace as godly. And yet, these other churches are, and so we're seeing where we're seeing that the church is not united on a lot of issues of the culture, and so when the church is divided on that, it makes it, I think, it makes it real difficult for people to to get the uh, the message of Christ because they see the differences in churches, and they're not sure who to believe and what's true. So that's a difficulty. Well, we don't change because the Word doesn't change. The Word of God doesn't change. I mean, translations change, and people will brag about one translation over another, but the Word doesn't change. Um, why is it not possible for the Word to change when other people are looking at the Word differently than we are, and they have changed to some other ways? 
you know, I guess I go back to the Garden of Eden and um, Satan loves just to put enough doubt in our minds to question the word of God. And, and so he did that with Adam and Eve. And, you know, did God really say not to eat this fruit? You know, so people today, it's, it's like, did God really say that marriage is to be between a man and a woman? You know, so once you start putting doubt in people's mind, um, it's, it's, it's uh, typical that for hum our human nature, our sinful nature, that we do run with that, and we want to justify ourselves, and we want to believe things that make us feel good. And so, um, you know, so that, yeah, that the, there's really nothing new under the sun, and the scripture doesn't. The scripture reminds us of that co uh, continuously throughout the Old Testament, and the New Testament, uh, that we have a a God that has been dealing with our sin for as long as mankind's been around, uh, but He's done something wonderful about it, and that is. He allowed Jesus, sent Jesus to the cross, sacrificed for our sins, and uh, rose on that third day and promises all who look to him that we'll be saved. And so we can rejoice in that. What are some of the challenges um, that you've experienced in ministry? Oh, the challenges? You know, I, 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 the challenges have been uh, like some of the things I've already talked about, things in the culture, um, being a voice that is not so uh, prominent and uh, uh, less accepted now in the in the culture. Uh, the technology issues, you know, trying to keep up on that because that's so constantly changing. Uh, that's a challenge. Um, but getting to the most purposeful aspect is sharing God's word and, and uh, trying to connect with people in our culture, especially the young people who... A lot of them seem to live on their cell phones and the computer, TikTok, social media, social media, things like that. And uh, unless, you know, it, it's difficult to have those kind of conversations because it's so easy for them to kind of tune you out uh, because you're not coming to them in a way that they're familiar with. And uh, they can, they're exposed to so much information now uh, through those media that, uh, um, yeah, you know, it makes it difficult for a pastor uh, to connect with some of the younger people. You know, some of the people that um, you minister to might just think, well, he only works an hour a week anyway on Sunday, so um, why should he have so many challenges? But there are things that keep you awake at night. Um, there, is a, there is an opportunity at midnight to go to the hospital or go to a morgue. Uh, because of something, and that's challenging. So talk a little bit about the ministry itself and, and, and the challenge of, of dispersing your time and, and your heart to people. You know, I've had uh, lots of things that have kept me up at night, whether it be friends dying or, or uh, uh, just some people unemployed who have been employed and they got families or um, just different things. I have you know, a lot of times um, I get to be the voice that comes in as uh, trying to be the voice of hope and, and security and for people. Uh, one time I got a phone call from uh, uh, a funeral home out in, uh, I, was, I was pastoring in San Antonio at the time, and uh, the phone call came in saying that uh, a father and his five-year-old son had gone deer hunting. 
And the father had let the son use a pistol and practice shooting and learn how to use a pistol. Well, the pistol <clears throat> backfired and cracked the boy's skull. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and the boy, the boy died. And I had to go to the mom. Excuse me. I had to go to the mom who was actually a assistant director at a funeral home and get her to get on the phone with her husband who was going to tell her about this unfortunate situation. So I, the mom had never met me before. So I show up and, and uh, so that's kind of one of those things that, you know, that's right. one of many, one of many situations that you find yourself in as a pastor that those kind of things can keep you up at night. But I can see that it would be relatively easy to take your call into ministry and duck behind 40 hours a week and not have to face an awful lot of those or not be willing to face an awful lot of those. Um, but as called ministers, um, you are called uh, to minister to the hearts of people. And brother, I always want to thank you for your heart for people. Uh, it's very noticeable in what you do. It's noticeable in what they say about what you do. And it's noticeable by people that don't even belong to St. John, but, but who know you. Let me just ask you to peek around the corner to the future. Um, you've seen an awful lot in 21 years, and you don't know what's going to happen in the next minute, much less the next 21 years. But peek around the corner. What what do you see in the significance of the church, the the, the witnessing uh, to the world of the church? Oh, witnessing in the world. Well, I uh, I hope and pray that the church grows stronger. When I look at scripture like Revelation and such, that I sometimes I I, I know that. Um, as time goes on, it's going to get worse, uh, whether it be Matthew 24 or Book of Revelation or different things like that, that I know that there are, uh, will continue to grow the, the, the tribulation and struggle against the church. Uh, but I know that God's people will be faithful. As Jesus says in Matthew 24, those uh, who endure to the end will be saved. And so um, I, I think that there's going to be, you know, whether politics, certainly a lot of division in our culture and our nation, um, certainly even in the church. And uh, so there's uh, a lot of issues that I think we're dealing with as a church that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. And so as we seek to do ministry in the world, uh, we're going to come up against a lot of roadblocks. But so I pray for God to strengthen his church. I, I trust in that promise that the gates of hell will not stand against her. And so people who are who are faithful will continue. I'd like to be able to carry on this conversation, but we're out of time. Give us a concluding prayer, um, just kind of summarizing what we have talked about today. Well, I think there's a lot of great ministry aspects uh, in the life of a pastor. You know, in the last 20 years for me, I've gotten to see a lot, and I hope I've got another 15 to 20 more years, and uh, be great. And uh, not everything you're going to enjoy as far as fun, but I know that I, I enjoy it, and I think most pastors do enjoy it in the sense of uh, it's purposeful, that God has us here for a purpose, and, and uh, for that we uh, thank God for that privilege. Close us with prayer, if you would, please. 
<clears throat> Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity to uh, meet with Pastor Schultz, and uh, I ask you to bless David and and, and the whole ELM, uh, the whole ministry there, that the message of Christ crucified and resurrection. Uh, may that crucified and resurrected Christ message, may that be made known to the world and continue to use this broadcast and, and the people behind it uh, for your glory and for others' good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, and come back to us again on next Sunday night on Engaging Truth. Thank you, and good night. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.